Welcome back to Still Loading, the podcast where we talk about the decline of everything, but mostly video games. My name's Aiden. And I'm Matt. And, uh, you know, when we say that mostly everything thing, we're actually going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Um, the subject is, you know, around nostalgia and the remake hell we're in, where just fucking the same movie keeps coming out, the same game keeps coming out. Um, but this is one of those topics where it just doesn't feel right to focus on just gaming, because when you think about remake culture movies are affected tv shows are affected even music's affected like there's tons of different remixes now for music mm-hmm. um and well I, I probably won't talk a lot, a lot about music definitely film and uh, video games are gonna be a hot topic today mm-hmm. um and full disclosure too I, I am well aware how i'm gonna sound during this episode because there are this is a complicated subject because again there's so many sources to draw from but the other thing is that, unlike everything else we've talked about so far, I don't really have a clear yes or no answer to like what I think is good or bad about this. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff to consider. Um, and so I know in one breath I may like disparage something and then praise it in the other. Um, it's it's a different situation to me, but it is going to sound, you know, I'm going to go back and forth on it. So just be you know, ready for that. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and then I don't want to speak for both of us, but um, one thing I want to say too is that I know like on this podcast we've talked a lot about Things from a nostalgic place, essentially. You know, good memories from being younger or, like, just gaming with your friends and stuff like that. And, well, I, nostalgia does come from a good place. It's a good memory. Um, I, I'm not someone who's really ruled by nostalgia very much. Like, when I make a decision about something, I don't let that affect my judgment. Um, nostalgia for me is in the past. It's It was a great experience. Um, but my opinions about gaming do not... I don't want things to be like they were when I was, like, 15. That's not what I've been saying all this time. I just want the same level of quality. Um, and I'm not talking physical either or service level stuff. Like, I want the same graphics or I want the same whatever. It's the same level of quality. You know, we talked about this in the last episode. Just, well, the companies just don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. that, that passion is not there. It's just it, a lot of games feel soulless. A lot of things just feel like a cash grab. And, yeah, so do you have any disclosures <laughs> before we start? Uh, no, pretty much similar thing. I do have a lot of uh, a lot of conflict with the subject because i i feel nostalgia and remake can be done and has been done very well in a few facets but at the same time there are a few things that literally feel like a cash grab or like people are just going to pay for this so why would i not do that and i think um with those things comes stagnation and that's not what i want to see i want to see uh we talked about this in podcast one I want to see things continue to develop and hit their natural processes. I feel like when you go and start cashing in on nostalgia, you you really lose your ability to move forward. You stick yourself in one spot, and I don't think um, I don't think that's a place anybody wants to be. I think we want to keep seeing new ideas and new cool things. I think we probably subconsciously a lot of people do, but I think that a big part of it is. I kind of view nostalgia as a dirty word, if I'm being honest. Like, uh, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with being nostalgic, but there's just a lot of different perspectives, a lot of opinions you see. Like, you can, very, you can tell, like, someone's very rooted in an experience they had. And, like, they they feel like if you're saying that, like, something is better than, like, that game or movie or whatever they really like, that you're saying that, like, that experience is worse than this. And, like, they take it personally, essentially. Mm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of this comes from is... There's also an ability to move on sometimes, you know. There, I've known people in the past who don't try something new because they're like, "Well, I've already played a game like that when I was younger, so this will never hold up." And it's like that's a really shitty like viewpoint to have because, mm-hmm. you know, 
a lot of the games that come out, I think I'm being optimistic when I say this because I don't 100% believe this, but like a lot of the games that come out, like they do have good ideas. They do have good concepts. You can tell that it started with a genuinely good idea. But when you add corporation on top of that and like deadlines and all this other shit and like cash grab items, that's when the product that comes out just fucking sucks. But you can see some games that come out and it's like, you know, that was actually a really interesting idea. Had you spent more time ironing out the details and making this actually good, um, I think it would have been a really good game. But unfortunately, you know, corporate America. So Yeah, I mean, people got to make their money. Um, People are a lot... I feel like corporations and... Unfortunately, video games are exactly that. Giant corporations. Um, I feel like they're not as hungry as they used to be. Because, I mean, back in, like, I'm going to go as far back as, like, regular Nintendo era. Mm-hmm. They were still trying to carve that niche. Like, yeah, there, there, was, there was no real community for that yet. But now, since things are so established and they found that they can make money off of it... Um, you don't have to be as hungry. People are still going to buy the product, especially if you attach a really pleasant memory to it. Yes. Um, which is such a double-edged sword, I think, because uh, with movies, for example, uh, it really... I, I ask myself this a lot in my day-to-day life. Whenever a movie a remake is announced or details of a movie remake that comes out or whatever comes out, I, I constantly ask myself, like, well, who is this for? Mm-hmm. Because... You know, if, you, if you're making movies, you have to know who your clientele are. You have to know who you're trying to appeal to in this process, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to know, especially with remakes, your wide audience are the people who loved that shit when they were younger. And if you fuck up their favorite movie, it's not going to go over well. Oh, no. Um, you can look at Disney, and I would say the three biggest, probably three to four biggest remakes that have come out in this live-action remake culture we're in mm-hmm. right now was uh, I think it was Beauty and the Beast it was either Beauty and the Beast or Lion King first I can't remember uh, Beauty and the Beast came first but Beauty and the Beast Lion King mm-hmm. Aladdin and Mulan those are like the big ones that have come out yep in this like thing and you you can tell where they wanted to be brave and where they didn't want to be brave because mm-hmm. if you watch The Lion King it's basically shot for saw the same fucking movie yeah <laughs> they did not want to go out of the, the lines on that one at all no, and that makes sense because I, I believe The Lion King to be the most beloved Disney movie from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, if if not most beloved ever. Yeah. Um, I do think it was a very cool decision to go with a a full African cast. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of a couple of characters. Um, considering the first, uh, the 93 version, was very white dominated. Yeah. Um, so I, And if you're going to tell an African fable... Yeah. Why not use African cast? I thought that was brilliant. Um, casting was good. Um, it looked great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All the movies that you've named, uh, with the exception of Mulan, which I haven't seen. Um, the other ones that I saw, I, I really enjoyed. I think that Disney got cocky. I, I think that they started off really strong, mm-hmm. and then got cocky. Because, uh, same deal, I mean, whether, I can't remember, like, I think it was Beauty and the Beast came out first. Yes, I believe that was the first um, one. That basically, as well, is almost a shot for shot of the original. Like, yeah. they changed some things, mm-hmm. like, very minimal things. Um, it's got the funniest fucking scene I've ever seen a movie in it. But, um, uh, basically, same movie. Yeah. And Lion King, basically, same movie. Mm-hmm. And then Aladdin comes out, and they changed a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think they got cocky. I think they're just like, well, we're going to do this instead. And, you know, this is going to be a different version of that story and blah, blah, blah. And 
I think that overall, I mean, I don't want to go into the topic as fully, but oh, yeah, I think good. I think overall, like Aladdin and like Mulan, they overcomplicated it. I think that they were trying to flush out some of the characters in those movies and make them have more depth, make them have more appeal, make them have like a new side to them. And you know, let's be honest, probably like adhere to like 2020, 2021 standards of totally. like what is considered these days. Um, but I think when the character is really well defined already, like you're kind of just fishing in like really, really deep water, like trying to find something. It's just not going to be there. Um, I don't think a lot of these characters need to be flushed out. And yeah, I'd you, agree. I think you end up losing. I think that with Aladdin especially, it lost a lot of its wonderment from the first iteration of mm-hmm. it. I'd it, agree with that. It was truly like a myst- mystical, like amazing, like thrill ride the entire time. It was great. But then you have like a lot of scenes in the live action where it's like, why the fuck was that a scene in the first place? Or why is this character doing this or doing that? Like it doesn't make any sense. Or mm-hmm. um, that's kind of thing. And then they went even further with that with Mulan, where uh, it, it was already kind of like a a, a magical movie because you know you had Mushu and you had like the mm-hmm. ancestors and stuff like that. But beyond that, you didn't really have a lot of magic in it. No, no. With the live action, they went super mystical, super magical. Like, they added a lot of, like, different lore points and a lot of different things. And, again, they're trying to fish for, like, in very deep waters. Like, they wanted to give the story of Mulan more depth than it needed because it's already a well-told story. It's already mm-hmm. well-defined. It's already a good story. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and so I think that, you know, whether it's coming from a nostalgic point or not, I don't know per se. I mean... I wasn't super in love with Mulan. I'd say I probably had more love for Aladdin as a kid than like Mulan. I'd agree with that. But to me, they're non-comparable. I, if I look at both of those movies, I just they're not. You can't compare them. They are two different movies. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, in terms of the concept, fair assessment. And the thing is that I think that I would have enjoyed uh, maybe not Mulan because that was a weird fucking movie. But mm-hmm. um, the new version of Aladdin, I think I would have enjoyed that movie had it not been called Aladdin. Had they come out with an original story, a new twist on the Prince of Thieves saga, you know, whatever it is, um, but it wasn't Aladdin, it was something else entirely. It would have given them more room to be more creative with their characters, establish their own lore points, establish their own story beats, and it would have been a way better movie, but mm-hmm. it's just a poor imitation of Aladdin, and I just don't understand if you're going to make a remake, why would you do that? No, that that's a very fair point. Um my biggest complaint about the Aladdin remake was um, there was a very unnecessary subplot to that movie, which I addressed initially as a subplot and then found out that that is the whole plot of the movie. Um, I feel they went a very Mad Max uh, route with it, where mm-hmm. Aladdin is not the main character of his own movie. Um, while I, I appreciate that as a cinema buff, um, and I appreciate the work Guy Ritchie did on the movie. Um, I, I do feel like there's a lot of things that could have been cut or, or, or done better. Um, that being said, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, but I definitely see the points. I see what you're saying. Um, I'd like to see like a fan edit with like all of the subplot removed. Yeah. Uh, just to see what that might look like. Maybe they didn't meet run times or... Because um, to me, it's not sending the right message. Like, the yeah. subplot of the movie is, uh, let's be honest, very girl power. Yeah. Which, I mean, great. Like, I'm, I'm all for that. But at the same time, like, when you're... That's so vastly different than the original movie. The end of the the end of the original Aladdin becomes Sultan. That's the whole deal. 
Mm-hmm. That is that is the end point of that movie. Well, I would disagree because I, I, on the subject of it being very girl power, like again, I, I just think it's necessary because the character of Aladdin in the original cartoon, for example, mm-hmm. like he's very equal with Jasmine. Like he never tries to be like the man essentially. Yeah, and, no, like hundred percent. You know, like he kind of finds like his equal in her, and like even if you watch Shakespeare in the series and the cartoons after and the movies afterwards, like yes, Aladdin becomes Solid, but they're very much like a power couple. They very much totally. do everything together. So I think honestly it's a disservice to make it more centered around Jasmine because yeah. You know, you, I personally love having, like, a power couple. Like, I love seeing yeah. the idea of, like, you know, we're both on the same foot here, you know. Mm. But that being said, like I said, you know, had it been a different movie, I'd totally love to watch a movie about, like, a girl, you know, who wasn't supposed to be queen originally, like, decided, you know what, that's bullshit, I should be queen. That would be a great movie plot. <laughs> but yeah. not me called a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I get your, your issues with the movie. Um, for me that it was very visually appealing yeah and visual goes a long way um the actors did a good job too oh 100% they did a great the cast was great they all did great yeah it's just like I said like I've got (laughs) I've got philosophical problems with that movie I guess execution was done very well but yeah but I mean keeping that in mind I don't want to talk about a lot in the other time I know we could but um uh yeah I mean last thing I'm saying about Mulan that moves to dumpster fire like really? they went so far away from the original concept of Mulan that it felt really, really lame. And one of the biggest things about it is like you love like a coming of age story, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah you definitely you know? do. And like she went to go like take her father's place in the war. She got her ass kicked constantly, but eventually she succeeded. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest issues with the movie is that they have this whole subplot where like she's special and she can like use chi and like no one else can so it's a secret she can't talk about it so she pretty much starts off the movie being amazing there's really no growth for her oh the whole thing with like her and Lissy in the army the whole plot around that instead of her like getting her ass kicked and fucking like you know standing up over and over again and, like overcoming that is she spends all of her time pretending she sucks at stuff all of her time pretending like she can't do this thing and then in secret she does it good and, and just come on I mean that's not that sounds like a badly written D&D campaign. It really does. It really does. Um, and that's just, that's my biggest problem with it. But there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of things. I'm just like, when the fuck did that happen? Um, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Like, there was not enough screen time for this character to have established this kind of connection with her. That just, it's not a thing. I don't, I don't see it. It's just bad storytelling. It is. Um, so, yeah. It, I don't, I should say this, I, I don't hate Aladdin. I, I think that for what it was, it was fine. It's just, it's not Aladdin to me. I fucking hate Mulan. <laughs> that movie's terrible. Straight up, that movie is terrible. Well, I mean, I haven't, well, I I saw a few scenes of it mm-hmm. when I was going to bed, because my wife watches Disney Plus before bed. Mm-hmm. I saw a few scenes of it, and I was like, oh, wow, action. And it just, it didn't hold me. So that's why I haven't watched the full thing. And now I don't think I will. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you think, honestly. I, I, I really love to hear what you think. Oh, okay. Um, damn it, I hate homework. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to. I'm just saying, I just love to hear what you think. Um, but moving away from this topic, and kind of same same topic, but um, back to video games. Um, so just like with a movie, when like if you're going to remake the movie, don't change it. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Don't, don't change it. Um, and, and you have two... This is going to be a conflicting point for me. I'm a little bit more forgiving of this in video games because it can be done well depending on what it is. 
Um, like the Final Fantasy VII remake is to me is not Final Fantasy VII. Um, it is a different game, and I have lots of theories about that, and I'll get into that at the end. But that is the example I think of like a remake that's done fine. I have no issues with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, but when you look at something like I don't know, like still like the original seven got like an HD release, so did eight, so did nine. Mm-hmm. Um, great, totally, totally on board with that. I think that's fine because. The story is the same. They have not changed anything. They have not done anything to the characters. It's still the same game that you played, you know, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. The only difference is it looks better. You cleaned it up. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think I'm very much on board with stuff like that. I don't like that they had like god modes and like you know invincible areas. Like I, I like that you can speed things up because those games are super slow. Mm-hmm. You don't really know that back then, but like when you got older, like you play the same game, like that takes fucking forever for something to happen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to have that option to speed it up. Um, and, I, and I say all this just to say that remakes can be done correctly. Just don't fucking change it. D- don't, don't change it. You know, not every remake that comes out... If they had, if they had tried to do the same thing with 7, with 8, for example, they're like, oh, they're doing this Final Fantasy 7, or Final Fantasy 8 remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would have been successful. And I just don't... I don't think it needs to be done. It's, mm-hmm. a, good, it's a good game as is. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I feel like... Uh, we had talked about this previously, but I feel like when you're trying to remake things all the time, you're really robbing people from seeing what the original product was and why people loved that thing the way they loved it. Um, I think it's a two-edged sword in the fact that younger gamers are getting to experience something that we held near and dear. Like, Seven is a beloved game. Like, you can't... The entire universe, yeah. Like, the the whole franchise of Seven alone... Mm-hmm. People love that, and for good reason. I yeah. love. I think I, I don't think there's been a spinoff game I did not enjoy from that timeline. Oh, this one's that frustrated me really bad. Like Dirge of Cerberus, game was irritating, but I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think if like you're constantly remaking these things, like you, they don't get to experience what it was, or it has to be made digestible for what content they're used to consuming. Yeah. Um, which again i can't tell you if that's good or bad because if you've only been fed one kind of thing your entire life and you try to get something vastly different most people aren't going to like that um i'm experiencing that now but on the inverse the content i'm used to consuming or maybe had nostalgic ties to in the past the things i really like when you try and change those formulas and give me something different maybe i'm not as receptive to that yeah, you know, and that that's a that's a jaded point of myself that I'm really trying to overcome, and not I'm trying to look at everything with that new perspective, and it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. So I get why you do that with remakes, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. I think there's a really fine line, and and I think so. Nostalgia is thrown around too much. That word is thrown around too much. I think it's hot button. It is a hot button. I think there's a really fine line between being purely nostalgic. For something and refusing to change your viewpoint because of that nostalgia mm-hmm. um, or just having the opinion of like well this thing from like 10 years ago is better than what we got now this it just is better mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that does come down to personal opinion but the main thing is that you can't deny like the quality of games these days are really lacking mm-hmm. um, and that's why if you ask me like well you know do you think that like 
this game from like the 90s is better than this game from like you know last year i'll be like yeah absolutely probably because Mm -hmm. that game actually like there's some passion in it there's genuine care put into that game this is like another remake or another fucking version of a game that already exists like this is just like a you know copy and paste situation um and that's the difference for me that is the difference for me is that i think that games used to be better and they're not so great now um I think an example of nostalgia that's really, really strong, and this is a dumb, dumb thing, because I, I, this is something I can't let go, pretty much, but uh, Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. I can't let this go because it annoys me so much, oh, yes. um, and this is a petty point. I fully I fully recognize I'm being petty, mm-hmm. but when people try and tell me that like, Diablo 2 is genuinely 100% better than Diablo 3, um, I just have to ask why. And I just look at it, I'm like, how can you actually say that? Like, when you look at what you get with both games, both tell a great story. But, like, Diablo 2 is really boring to play. It's very repetitive. You just click the same thing over and over again. You have, like, nine pages of skills you have to look through to, like, make your character. Allocate all your skill points correctly. All kinds of stuff. And, ultimately, like, you don't really achieve much when you play that game. One of my friends put it perfectly. Diablo 2 is a great game for you. If you want to spend 15 years accomplishing nothing <laughs> yeah and like that's that's what it is you know and maybe it's just like me getting older and wanting that instant gratification but diablo 3 is fun as soon as you play it you know you have limited ability sure but it's fun as soon as you start playing it's like a very good just like let's fucking do this you know and even surface levels like diablo 3 has much more depth in terms of like its graphics its storytelling ability its pacing like, they really did do better in Diablo 3 than 2. And the fact that people will argue with me and, like, like call me out and, like, be, like, genuinely, like, really pissy about it. And be like, mm-hmm. no, Diablo 2 is so much better. They ruined my favorite game when they made 3. I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem? What are you talking about? Like, obviously, if you've been listening for a while, you know our opinions on DLCs. But I think the Malthael DLC for Diablo 3 was awesome. I don't think it was worth thirty dollars, but yeah, it was good. I, 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 dude, I gotta disagree. I thought the entire expansion of a new act, yeah, was totally worth the money. Um, like think the legacy edition that came out after that, when you got the necromancer, maybe not worth the money. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, he's just a badass character. I gotta think. Not feels great. Yeah, I, I should reiterate too, like because. My my issue with that previous statement is that there's never any solid. It's it's genuinely being petty mm-hmm. when people tell me these things. I I try to have conversations like, well, why is two better? Tell me why two is better. And there's there's no substance behind any of those arguments. And it's it's you can tell it's purely because people just love Diablo two, and that's fine. You can love whatever you want, but that's that's the dark side of nostalgia for me mm. when someone will get that volatile over a subject because it's just something they really love that changes a lot of things in that conversation for me and that's why i can't let this particular game go it's like i've had so many negative interactions about diablo 2 specifically mm-hmm. oh, and i'm yeah. just like dude what the fuck <laughs> I, I believe that's uh where your last sect of militant blizzard fans live yeah is in diablo 2 um i have my own issues with diablo 3 but they're purely cosmetic Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same issue I had with um, believe me when I tell you that I was so pumped to play StarCraft 2 yeah I, I was I got that game when it came out like not not like day of or probably not even week of but I got it when it was still new 
and installed it onto my computer and went to play it and was pissed. Like, not at the story that they were telling because the story's great. Not at anything like that. I was mad because Blizzard was going through this thing mm. where all of their HD things, what made StarCraft One so great is it was edgy. It was brutal. It was bloody as hell. It was it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. But StarCraft Two, everything was round mm. and perfect, and mm. I I feel like I just lost that grittiness. Yeah, and it made it less fun to me. Like it, it took away that thing. And again, this is a big nostalgia strike point because. I was like, well, this isn't StarCraft 1. And then my cousin kind of checked me and put me in my place, and he goes, that's not what you're playing. You're playing StarCraft 2. And I was like, F- okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I need to look at this again. And so a few years ago, I revisited it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's okay. You know what? You're right. It's not StarCraft 1. If I wanted to play the original, I would just play that. I think there's some credit to your argument, though, because uh, I take it personally if a sequel sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not being nostalgic for the first game. It's like if the second one comes out and it genuinely sucks, I'm like, this is a departure from what you did in the first game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can give me a different story, different whatever, but like, bare minimum, I deserve the original concept, like the original level of enjoyment. If you completely. It's kind of like what they did with uh, Parasite Eve, you know, that game at all? Uh, I watched a friend play it on an emulator. So I love Parasite Eve. I think it's a great story. And mm-hmm. I've read the book, too. It's very interesting. I've never seen any of the weird like Japanese movies, but I kind of want to just because I really like the concept. Mm-hmm. But um, the first one was like an RPG, basically. And that was, a, that was a collaboration between Square Enix and Capcom. Oh, cool. So like, it was like gritty and survival horror, but also mm-hmm. like you know fantasy-related and stuff like that. It was cool. Um, the first game is an RPG. The second game is basically like Resident Evil, where it's like tank controls and everything, and like it feels stiffer to play. Um, mm. And I that's that's a game where like I still like the second one, but I hate tank controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying here is like don't I deserve at least the level of quality I got in the first game. Right. Don't completely change the formula. You know, build upon the formula. I think that's a good idea. Build upon the formula, but don't fucking change it. <laughs> See, I got. Again, that's rough because that's an example of a developer trying something new. Yeah. And so I can't I can't critique them too hard, but at the same time think, you're you're allowed to like what you like. Well, I think you can try something new and it be a new project, you know, like you could have made a new game with those controls, those whatever, mm-hmm. and tried it that way. Lots of game companies have done that where like they have a spin off title of a series where like, oh this isn't like this is not this series but it kind of is, mm. um, and it's just trying something new. I fully approve that. You know, do a do a focus group, do a test group. You know, mm. um, I can't think of an example right now, but there have been a couple of games where like the the spinoff essentially became more beloved than like the original. And I, I had a bunch of lists prepared and I forgot them. So I I have a what immediately came to my head was Crisis Core. Yeah, Crisis Core. Complete yeah. change of gameplay mechanics, but in my opinion, better. Yeah. I did not love the... That combat felt really stiff. And a negative point I have against the 7 remake is that um, they kind of build upon Crisis Core's combat mechanics. And so there are times when the game does feel really stiff. And I don't love it. And I'm like, mm, it's like Crisis Core. Mm. Sometimes it's really smooth. Other times I'm not having fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I ran into Stunlock problems a lot in Crisis Core um, before I figured out how to use Materia, right? <laughs> Which took me arguably longer than it should have. Well, you know, so speaking of Crisis Core, though, um, a positive point I have for remakes is that I think accessibility says a lot about a game. Mm. Um, Crisis Core is beloved. People love that game. Oh, yes. But it was only on PSP. Um, yeah. It prompted people to like get a downloadable version on the computer and like modded it so it like, looks better and stuff like that. Um, not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with accessibility. You know, if they released a remake of it, again, not changing it, but just making it look good and then re-releasing it, I would not be pissed off about it. No way. Because that means that you know, if I ever want to play Crisis Core again, I can in a very easy, accessible way. Instead of digging out my PSP and like playing on a tiny screen and like, you know, like gaming's changed too much. Sometimes you just can't go back. Sometimes I have mm-hmm. issues playing split screen. I'm just like, oh, I don't like this. This used to be fine, and I have an issue with it. Oh yeah, I mean, that that's just natural evolution, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I I have nothing against natural evolution. Um, I do have issues with basically having to buy two consoles and two PlayStation subscriptions to play games with my wife. I do have a problem with that. But Yeah. That's one thing Nintendo does well. They have a... Uh, I don't say a lot of positive things about Nintendo very much anymore, but one thing they do well is they have a Switch subscription that's like a family plan. Yeah. So it's, you know, you just get a bunch of people on it, essentially, and then, you know, there's one cost for multiple people, and that, that feels good. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of salty about like PSN and like oh, Xbox Live and whatever the fuck you know PSN used to not cost a thing yeah and now it does I've always been salty about stuff like that but I'm with Sony at least I, I was not mad for a while because uh, being a PlayStation Plus member used to be really good they gave you some very cool games but now they're very very like no one really cares about this game anyway but you can have it for free here you go yeah it's out of a hat pretty much yeah occasionally you get still you get like a good title still we're like oh this is a really cool game actually mm-hmm. <laughs> or you find a hidden gem you know stuff like that um yeah accessibility i have nothing wrong with that i think accessibility is a great idea and i think that's what a lot of the uh recent remakes i talked about like the final fantasy 8 9 whatever mm-hmm. um that's what they provided it's accessibility you can play final fantasy 7 on your ps4 you can play final fantasy 8 on your ps4 like yeah. it feels good because it's it's, it's accessible <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's some people who still have their Final Fantasy VIII discs, but, like, that involves pulling out your PlayStation and buying extra parts, because unless you have a CRTV around, it's not going to look very good on the HDTV, so you have to buy the specific, you know, adapter to, like, make it convert correctly. Yeah, my, uh, I ran the GameCube on my 4K TV <laughs> one time, I was like, oh, wow, that's bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, accessibility, I'm all for that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And then like kind of what you were saying earlier, um, it's a it's a new generation of people who get to experience that. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, there's no guarantee it will have the same appeal. I have talked to people, even my age, who have been like, oh, I just didn't grow up playing those games, so like I just don't care. And I'm just like, no, you're missing on so much like good content, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I understand it doesn't look as good as you want it to or you're used to, but trust me, it's great content. Um so you know it doesn't who knows if they'll appreciate it for what it was i do think that this could be a nostalgic point i do think part of it is like that's what we had back then yeah um at the time that was cutting edge at the time this was amazing that was top of the line nothing looked better than this um yeah what a concept to think about <laughs> yeah yeah um so i mean that that could be part of it but i don't know 
I just think it's a bad thing. Um, another negative thing about Nostalgia 2, though, is, like, like I've said many times, we've both said this, like, the fans are to blame a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I know there's lots of people who, you know, instead of, and you can see it again with Diablo 2, uh, not Diablo 2 specifically, but when they started production and started like, releasing, like, gameplay footage of Diablo 4, it's very influenced by 2. Like, it's super influenced by 2's mm-hmm. design, 2's looks, 2's everything. Um, and that's definitely a fan point. To like, mm-hmm. oh, well, maybe if it's more like 2, people will like it more, <laughs> right. essentially. And, like, that locks developers in a bad place when, like, you know, maybe they do want to try something new or, like, expand on the formula. But they know if you give them anything slightly different, they're not going to be happy about it. Yeah, I know. You know? And, you know, like all these things, the fans are to blame as much as the developers are. Um, Blizzard is the way it is because of its fan base. Um, oh, God, yeah. And because, you know, apparently the people who work at Blizzard suck, but, uh, or at least the people who run Blizzard, but um, a large portion of what the game became, what a lot of their titles became, it's because of the fans. And mm-hmm. there's just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I will say that it's very hard for me to find people that uh, who actually played both games who have anything negative to say about StarCraft and what it's all about. Um, I almost wish that wasn't the first RTS game I played Mm -hmm. because that set the bar really, really high. My first RTS... I don't know if it would be considered that, but it would be Goblin Commander. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's an RTS game. Yeah. I still have that game. Oh, you know, actually, no. I played whatever Warcraft was on PlayStation. No idea. I didn't... I, I played Warcraft 2 a lot. And then I didn't play another one until after I had played StarCraft. But Warcraft was cool. Um, StarCraft was better, I thought. I think it's different structure, different folks kind of thing. Like, I prefer dragons and swords. Like, some people prefer spaceships and aliens and stuff, you know? Like, it just depends what you're into. Uh, The thing is, like, I was playing Warcraft at the same time I played um, Age of Empires. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was... No dragons, but, like... Like true military combat. Yeah, yeah, that was cool to me. Um, I still play that game. I know a lot of people do like that in Civilization. Like a lot of people like that. Never played Civilization. Played a lot of Age of Empires. I think they're basically the same game. I think they just have different niches, but I, from what I've seen and people tell me about it, they're basically the same game. Sick. I yeah. mean, that's something else for me to play. But yeah, I I really enjoy those kind of games. But that that's the one Blizzard title that. I, I would almost put into the untouchable category because mm-hmm. Starcraft whether it's one or two are both wonderful yeah all their expansions are wonderful yeah I mean and there's something to be said about that too like it's kind of what I've been saying all the whole time is like you know if they made a Starcraft remake and they changed everything about Starcraft like probably wouldn't dig it as much because it would not be that game essentially would you? that project never got off the ground <laughs> oh They were were going to do a first-person shooter Mm. uh, called, I think it was StarCraft Ghost, Mm. Um, which I won't bore you the details of what that is, but basically it's a special unit, well, not special, but it's a unit you get in StarCraft that are basically stealth assassins. Uh, They use sniper rifles, they can cloak themselves, they call down nuclear strikes. Um, They're just badass, but they're also telepathic. Like Their brain has been modified to a way that they're not like normal people. Anyways, they were going to make a first-person shooter version of StarCraft, and that project never got off the ground. Like, I'm not sure exactly why, whether it was a funding thing or what, or fans not being into it. 
I personally would have played it. But they were smart enough to distance itself as like uh, much like Final Fantasy VII and then Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Yeah, they they put that that degree of separation between. Well, I meant more so like a, like not a spinoff series like oh. spinoff is fine but I meant like if they literally were like call it like they did like oh like Starcraft remade or whatever and it's supposed to be the same game but it's a hundred percent not like they're probably like sticking a lot of people's craws because it's like what well, oh, I love Starcraft yeah you know and that's kind of the point I'm making is like if you're gonna remake something fine stick to the fucking material mm-hmm. um. I think the, la- the last dig I have on Blizzard right now, because I'm going to turn my attention to Nintendo after this, <laughs> um, the last dig I have on Blizzard, because it kind of just re- relates into this, um, Diablo 2 was their big seller, like, last year or the year before. That was, like, their blockbuster game of the year. And it's just an experience we've already fucking had. Yep. It's not new. It's not different. It's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It just looks better. Um, and honestly, I-, I was actually a little bit excited for Diablo 2 when it was announced, because... Uh, before it got swiftly shut down by all the fans, um, they were discussing updating it, essentially. They're like, you know, we'll do Diablo 2, but it'll be like the Diablo 3, like, kind of, like, formula. So it'll be faster paced, it'll be smoother, it'll have, you know, it'll be less of a grindy game. And people were not having that, and so we just got Diablo 2. Again, some more. Yeah. 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 Um, but when I first heard that, I was like, dude, I'm for that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Diablo 2 was, like, had a great story, but it was not fun to play. Mm-hmm. I'd like I would actually love to play it again in a different way, and you know again that's a conflicting interest because I said before like don't fucking change the formula, mm-hmm. but like sometimes you need to change the formula if you can actually improve upon it. You know, same thing I said earlier like improve upon the formula, don't change it entirely. So while two may be a different formula than three, it's an improvement in my opinion, and I think if you can genuinely improve it, like you can genuinely improve mm-hmm. it, do it. Um, one of my favorite games is a game called uh, Lunar. I never played it. Uh, it's, it's a JRPG. Um, that game was so beloved when it was released in America. And they, like Every console had it. So it has a different version of the game for whatever console you're playing it on. So it's like a G- Game Boy Color version. There's a Dreamcast version, a PlayStation version. Um, yeah, very, very. And like at this point, I've, I have played almost all of the different versions mm. just over the years I have. Um, but the one I fell in love with the series on, it was on PlayStation 1. Mm. Um, years later, they made a remake of it on PSP, where they build it from the ground up. Um, same story, material's still the same, they changed some of the voice lines, but essentially the same game. Um, it just looks different. They built it from the ground up. Um, I think that's a superior version, because really? they improved on everything that was good about the first one and made it just more fun. Um, and like I said, who's complaining about more fun? <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite games, you know. And like, I have fond memories of discovering it on PlayStation One, but the PSP one's better. It is. It just one hundred percent is. And that that's kind of like I was saying. Like, it's improving upon the formula and making it better. It's changing the formula a little bit, but it's better. Yeah. Um, so just kind of like counteract my own point about Diablo Two, I guess. But you know, it just it seems to me from like what you're saying about the way Diablo 2 was received the second time. Yeah. It sounds to me like fans have Stockholm Syndrome with that game a little bit. Like, you can't mess with it at all. It's sacred. But I, I do remember there being very obvious problems with that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing being a big one. Yes. Um, it is a lot of the same <laughs> for many, many hours until you achieve something. Yeah, well, okay, so this too... Um, I feel is important to talk about with that specifically 
I think that era of Blizzard, because all my friends that played that game, when it was relevant, oh, were all the same guy, basically. They were all in their room, in the dark, on the computer, for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Basically, no lifing it before that had a turn. So that makes sense, that that game would be the appeal, and I guarantee you these are the same people that bought it again. Mm-hmm. So, I guess makes sense why you would want to recapture that experience but again i'm going to bounce back to my initial point if you love the original why not play that yeah i mean obviously it has merit it holds up on its own so yeah if people are wanting to change things for the better it sounds like why not give them the opportunity yeah that's like i said like i i thought the story in two was great but it's just not very fun to play no um I think 3 is a superior game simply because you have both. You have fun gameplay and a good story. Yeah. Whereas 2 is just a good story. Yeah. Uh, three. S- same with Diablo 1, honestly. Like, Diablo 1 was very revolutionary for its time when it came out. Hmm? I remember playing that on PlayStation, but, like, it was not fun to play. It was very fucking hard. Yeah, I, uh... I was the first... Diablo 1 was the first game I played where... I got the Dark Knight set, which I think you get when you go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, this set's really cool, but I gotta go like sell my gear or whatever. So I went back to town, and I was like, oh my god, my dude's carrying his helmet around. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like mind blowing for you know, yeah. little kid me. It was a great idea. I, yeah, I mean, I think the Elbows the series was good. Um, I, I I really hope Four Keeps is still gonna come out. Everything's fucked over at Blizzard right now. But Didn't I, they try to make a mobile Diablo? Oh, yeah, developed Diablo Immortal. That did come out, I believe. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard nothing about it, so I can't imagine it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was just an example of, you know, trying to improve upon the formula when you didn't need to, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um Blizzard's whole thing is they've tried to stay hip their entire lives. They try and keep up with trends, and I admit that must be stressful. Totally. Every time a new trend comes out, like, well, you gotta, yeah, make sure your game still is relevant. But, you know, World of Warcraft, y'all, stuff like that, it was special for a reason. Mm-hmm. You don't need to change. Just, you know, keep releasing the same level of quality. People will still keep playing it. Totally. The people who keep playing it now are fucking champions because it's not been the most of a quality for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that in itself is nostalgic. You know, I think a lot of people have the memories of when WoW was good wrapped up in their head and so it's like, well, I can't stop playing this game. I've played it for like 10 years. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. What if it gets good again? Yeah. Yeah. Every time, I mean, that was part of that, man. When Shadowlands was initially released, um, <clears throat> uh, when it was initially released, like, I was, I was right there with everybody being like, yeah, this looks really cool. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that these look like really good ideas. Like, this, you know, this game actually be fun. You know? <laughs> I was right there with everyone. Um, yeah, and then you, then you took the red pill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I think a lot of that is that. Um, but speaking of, so, Blizzard and their fucking blockbuster Diablo 2 release, Nintendo did the same thing this year. Um, oh. The Nintendo Direct this year was 45 minutes of them showing trailers for remakes of old games old maps for old games um just all kinds of stuff but none of it was new content and then at the end of it they had like three or four new games that they announced um one of which is kirby which i'm salty about because i was like dude did blizzard fucking write this game (laughs) 
Because when they were describing it, they're like, yeah, so you know, you can transform as Kirby. That's his thing, right? He sucks up enemies, gets their powers. That's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. What if you had to grind to do that, though? And, like, that's literally the fucking game. Because they're like, yeah, man, like, you'll get materials and resources and you'll build this village. If you build the village, you can get materials to upgrade your forms and you can use them better. <laughs> and I'm like, what? did fucking no. Blizzard make this game? <laughs> Garrison the game? Yeah. God, no. I was like, way to fucking take something simple like Kirby and overcomplicate it. Oh, yeah. Jesus, man. That's not fun. Now, they did, they did also release a trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I'm very excited about, but that's probably the only thing I'm excited about. Um, oh. That hurts my heart, man. They did announce the uh, Chrono uh, Cross remake, which I think is cool, but... Uh, uh, I mean, I love that game, and I, I think it's accessibility, like I said. like It'll be fun to play it on the Switch, but they added invincible mode. You can skip combat. You can turn off combat. You can do auto combat now. And like, that's what I was waiting for. No, yeah. screw that, man. Yeah, that's that's my downside for it, where I'm like, mm, all right. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, it just, it just won't be the same experience, and yeah. But, I mean, it'll be nice to see it get that remake treatment, you know? Cool. I've heard I mean, of Paint's nice, but... Maybe it'll get more people into playing it. Yeah. Maybe people will stop thinking that Chrono Trigger is the best game of all time. Oh, yeah. You know... The game I want is not... Maybe. I'm not going to say not going to happen, but... Can somebody please just put War of the Lions <laughs> on a new console? Please. It did get that PSP release. That that was that was the World oh, Alliance yeah. edition. That was its remake, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want to take out my PSP to play that game Accessibility, again. right? Yeah, totally. Just a port even would be nice. Get a port on PlayStation. That would be great. I might just emulate it on my phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Like, you could, yeah. It's just so good. And... I revisit that game every couple of years. I do dig out the PSP and blow the dust off to play that game mm-hmm. in Crisis Core again, but I, it holds up. Yeah. It deserves a remake. It's a good game. HD it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Give me a new Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Speaking of Final Fantasy, so I said earlier that like I'm not mad about the 7 remake. Um, I do not think that game is a true remake. Oh. My conspiracy theory is that that's actually a sneaky sequel. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go through it real quick. Um, for one thing, it's far and far away from the original Seven experience. Um, it is not the same game, and it kind of bums me out when people are like, "Oh yeah, I played Final Fantasy Seven for the first time." Like, "Oh cool, what do you think?" Like, "Oh well, you know, I like the remake," and I was like, "That's not. You didn't play Final Fantasy Seven for the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're playing something totally different." Um, so different experience entirely and it's got a modern twist on it which I had mixed feelings when I played that game because I was really psyched for it and I liked playing it but mm. I was also bummed out playing it the entire time oh, and yeah. I was like like, why do I feel this way like what is this weird confliction in my heart right now and I just I had to separate those feelings and I realized that as a Final Fantasy 7 fan I like this mm. as a gamer I don't like this oh, <laughs> Um, because, you know, it's got fetch quests and just, like, a lot of filler content, essentially. But okay. the game looks amazing, and I'm sure that's why it has filler content like that. Yeah, come stare at it for a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
the whole thing with that game is that there's these flashbacks and like cinematic scenes from the first game like the original first game but you haven't done that yet in the game obviously mm-hmm. um and then sephiroth is a much bigger part in that game as well and um and i so there's this whole thing called like a code like the final fantasy 7 like codex and it was only i think it was only released in japanese but i've like watched videos about it being translated and i get read, read the translation scripts on it and everything and uh it's basically just talks about like what Genova actually is, what the life stream actually is. Um, Sephiroth doesn't die at the end of the game; like he just goes into the live stream, like he's alive in the live stream for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, in the live stream, he finds clarity and he realizes that like he was tricked essentially. Um, what Genova actually does is Genova rewrites your personality. She, they, she rewrites you as a person. She is a parasite. Um, that makes total sense. And that is why Cloud had the reaction he did where like he's personality rewritten with like Zack's memories because that was the Genova cells reacting to Zack. Because um, the Genova cells react the exact same way as Genova does. Mm-hmm. So that's why that happened. Um, but the way Sephiroth talks in this game, like it sounds like he has an ulterior motive like super plan and like fate's a really big topic in that game. So I think it's a stinky sequel. I, I think that Sephiroth knows he was fucked over in the first game. It was like, you know what? I'm doing things my way now. Fuck Genova. That uh, would be epic. Sephiroth at full potential is terrifying. Yeah, dude. Like, I really think that's what it is. I think it's a stinky sequel, and I, I'm on board with that. That's that's everything that we talk about on here. That's a new mm. perspective. That's not a fucking shitty remake. No. Like, it's a good direction. I'm for it, man. I'm all for it. I am also for this. I haven't played it yet. Um... I was scared to play it, but it sounds like got a pretty shining review from you. So you just have to look at it a different perspective. You know, like I, I was like, so the conflict was there because I was looking at it as like, this is a Final Fantasy VII remake, and I was like, okay, so this is a remake of the game I liked all those years ago. Well, this is not holding up. <laughs> oh damn! But when I started thinking about this and this theory started brewing, I was like, this is a new game. This is not a remake. This is a new game. This is good for a new game. <laughs> Do you get to see HD Cloud in a dress? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. That seems really fucking weird now, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, to kind of like go away from video games, uh, I'm going to shift the attention back to movies. Oh, yes. Stop remaking movies. That's no. just stop. Con- continue remaking movies. <laughs> no. Yes, I, I would have been right there with you up until a few months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... The 1980, I think it's in 84, 86, it's going to bother me that I don't remember which, uh, Dune got its first movie. Oh, yeah, Dune. Okay. Um, which they took the source material and assumed their audience wouldn't understand uh, certain concepts about that movie, core concepts of that movie, what it is to use the weirding way, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made it something that everyone could understand. It's like, oh, it's not a mystical power because this is a sci-fi movie. It's actually this piece of technology that we use that helps us do that. Is that canon to the original like story, though? Or? No. They did that to make it digestible, like I said. Okay. So, uh, so everyone could understand what was happening. Um, the new Dune movie is... Um, that was my favorite book for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Is so good. It's, oh, it's beautiful. The score is amazing. The casting choices were perfect. It's just a great movie. And 
like at this point watching that as much as I love Kyle McLaughlin's performance in the original Dune mm-hmm. that that the dude they got to play Paul that is Paul Atreides like in my mind now like forever like the costuming was great everything was perfect so yeah up until I saw that I've been like yeah no stop remaking movies but yeah this might we might agree on the same point though because I was gonna I was gonna say my next point is uh well well I'm if you can't tell with all of this, mm-hmm. uh, while I have mixed feelings, I'm basically like 9 out of 10, stop remaking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the exceptions to that. So when I say stop remaking movies, I should have the caveat unless you do it like this. Um, you know, we were all kids once. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers growing up. Yeah. Who fucking didn't, you know? Everybody, yeah. Um, I was five once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that movie that came out a couple of years ago, it's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. And it is a new take on a lot of, well, the material, essentially. Like, it's mm-hmm. obviously updated for today's time. Lots of CGI, lots of shiny stuff, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they kept very, very close the original subject material. Which is good. Yeah, in terms of characters, in terms of concept, in terms of everything, it's very close to the original that's good if you can do stuff like that but improve upon it mm-hmm. you know like it's it's basically the equivalent of like something you love but shiny new coat of paint essentially oh good like that's that's, that's good. what i think is in film form that's what it is it's just a shiny coat of paint hmm. and i think that's what the lion king remake is it's the oh, yeah. same thing you love shiny new coat of paint mm-hmm. that's a woody model i am okay with that um as long as you can change it enough that it's not the same digestible fucking thing again mm-hmm. um which is a lot of my issue with superhero movies that constantly oh keep being fucking remade. Um, you know, like, whatever your opinions are about Batman, for example. Like, mm-hmm. my, my personal favorite Batman, I would say, is, like, definitely the uh, Heath Ledger Joker. Uh, oh, so Christopher Nolan's Batman. Yes, Christopher Nolan's Batman I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine if you were like, oh, yeah, this is better than, like, uh, the Batman from the 90s or whatever. It's like, sure, you can say that, but, like, they're two different movies. Mm-hmm. One of them was done by Tim Burton. <laughs> One of them was done by <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Like, they are different movies on purpose. Yeah. Um, and so it just feels like you can't really compare it like that. Um, I feel like it's time to tell a new story, essentially. Which mm-hmm. is the only saving grace to a lot of superhero movies is that with Batman, for example... It's at least a new story for the most part. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, stop remaking Batman. <laughs> Just do a different hero or do like a new. You know, they had the animated series. They had like Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Remember Toby McGinnis? <laughs> like, dude, Batman Beyond was awesome. Yeah, let's fucking do that movie. I'd we've, love to see it. We've told the Batman story a million fucking times now. Let's talk about that story. Time mm-hmm. to move on. <laughs> Give me a Nightwing movie. Oh, fuck yeah, Nightwing. Dude, I was so disappointed because um, you saw The Dark Knight Rises, right? Uh, is that the newest one? Uh, Dark Knight Rises was uh, the last of the Nolan trilogy. Oh, yeah, I've seen all three of them. Then, yeah. All right, yeah. So they totally set it up for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to take the mantle of Robin, right? That was the end of that movie. That felt super weird, though, because like, he retired from being Batman at the end of that movie. <laughs> Yeah. So how is there Robin without Batman? That, uh, that was my were, only thing with that. That was weird to me. I think they were going to jump straight to Nightwing. Which that would have been, been cool. Like, first half of the movie, he's Robin. Mm-hmm. Second half of the movie, he's Nightwing. Yeah. Boom. He gets his own movie. 
And I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a great choice for that. I think so, too. Yeah, man. I really wish I could have seen that. Maybe it's in production. I don't know. Like, we can help, yeah. Like, that... Man. Also, Tom Hardy is Bane. Tom Hardy's my boy, so... Yeah, yeah, I want his body type so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it. You're out there. If you ever hear this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of, like, same vein, um, they did that uh, Teen Titans live-action show... And everything I've seen, it looks fucking terrible. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. And, like, when you look at the trailer, you're like, this is fake, right? Like, this is a joke? Mm-hmm. This isn't real? This is a joke, right? <laughs> um, it's not a joke. It's real. Oh. Um, And to be fair, I have not watched it yet. <laughs> I know. I almost did it, too. Yeah. <laughs> fucking leather kidney. <laughs> um, I, I haven't watched it yet. And maybe I should before mm-hmm. I judge it. But, I mean... I read the comic books. The animated series was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it seems like a really bad remake. Essentially, it's Ugh. it's changing everything about what's good about it, and then making it dark and gritty and edgy and I don't know. Like uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, kind of. Or anything DC has put out under their own label. Yeah. Let's slap a gray filter on everything and make this really hard to see. Yeah. No y- thanks. Yeah, I mean. This is definitely an excuse, and it's definitely, like, a, if you want to look at it this way. But Marvel does the same thing. Like, there's been a bunch of Spider-Mans, there's been a bunch mm-hmm. of other movies. But at least they have the multiverse as an excuse. They can blame it on the multiverse and be like, well, it's just a different Spider-Man. Sure. Uh, which, you know, I saw the newest movie. I actually really liked it. Like I said, they, they really pull in the multiverse into there, and I'm like, this is good. Um, same with that uh, movie that came out a couple of years ago, like Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, so Great good. movie. Great fucking movie. So good. Yeah. Um... So, you know, I don't know if I would classify them as remakes because they do lend themselves to a multiverse theory. Mm -hmm. They are different movies, technically. They are Mm -hmm. different scenarios. I really liked in um, the Tom Holland Spider-Mans, they brought in bad guys that you don't see give a lot of credit. You know, the big ones are like Doc Ock, Green Goblin. You know, those are big ones. Mm -hmm. Venom is a huge one. But, uh, you know, Vulture was in the Tom Holland one. The Stereos in the Tom Holland one. Like, those are, like, some bad guys who don't get a lot of love. So, yeah, it was cool. I'd love to see Vulture get some limelight. And uh, his actor was great. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now. Michael <sighs> Keaton? Michael Keaton, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is, yeah. He also played Beetlejuice. So good. Really? I didn't know it was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Wow. I didn't watch that movie in a long time, though. <laughs> oh, it's... uh. I got something to say about that, too. Uh, Beetlejuice is my favorite Tim Burton film. No, oh, really? And I believe that dude has been on a downward slide uh, since Sweeney Todd. Tim Burton? Yes. Hmm. Um, I didn't like his Alice in Wonderland movies. I did not like... Uh, the other one he did recently that just... Dog shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, talking about remakes that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this really hurts my heart because the guy that was cast to play Paul Atreides is being cast in this movie. Uh, so you know how Tim Burton did the whole uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the dude that's playing Paul Atreides, which I cannot remember his name, um, is being put in yet another iteration of that series. Another Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? There's going to be another one. I don't know what else they have to tell. I think it's going to be like a Willy Wonka origin story. Oh, Jesus. Just something else that really needs to stop and film. Like, 
Oh, yeah. They have that Gotham series, which is, like, all about the bad guys and Bruce Wayne when they're fucking teenagers, basically. I watched an episode of it, and I hated it. It just... Who fucking cares, man? I don't I don't need your origin story. Like, if you're a good enough villain or good enough hero, you'll tell me your origin story without needing a whole two and a half hours to do so. I don't need to know why you're tortured and broody. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with, like, the lead, like I was saying earlier. Like, it's, it's just trying to find depth that doesn't need to be there. Like, you're just trying to make it deeper than it has to be. No. Yeah, exactly. Screw that, dude. Like, uh, the best piece of writing advice I ever got was, uh, don't tell, always show. Yeah. And I feel like that is being forgotten, and you feel the need to tell me everything. Like, no, show me. Show me something. Tell me a good story, but show me something cool, you know? Did you ever watch the, uh, like, original, like, Arthur movies? Not the Aardvark, but... <laughs> oh, you're talking about Hobson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? I can't remember the original guy's name. Yeah, yeah. I but the, I, I love those original movies. I thought they were really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the remake was good. Oh, yeah. It, it was a new perspective, and it was a different... It, the old ones were very stale with their humor mm-hmm. and very kind of like 80s essentially like chaotic mm-hmm. um this one was a different story and like it's a good example of a remake where it's like you can tell the same story but just you know put your own spin on it give me a new fucking experience i have a theory about that movie hmm. russell brand didn't know he was acting <laughs> i think they just followed him around for a while <laughs> I mean, no shot at Russell Brand. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Oh, I love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a. I mean, lead singer of Event Sorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you can't hate it. Yeah, I think like bottom line um, with movies, it's so hard, man. Like, it, like mm-hmm. it's hard to say this, but it's just I realize those things are conflicting. Like, give me a new experience. Don't fucking change the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to say those things, but. It, it can be done well, I think, is the exception to it. If it is done well, I am fine with it. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset about it. But if you give me what I'm paying for, if you are advertising a shinier version of an old experience, give me that. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking lie to me. If you're completely honest and you're like, yeah, this is my own version of this, I'll be like, okay, fine, you know? Like uh, you know, I, I was I was an emo kid once. Um, I really liked Death Note. Mm-hmm. Um, they made that live action movie on Netflix, and the saving grace of that movie to me was that they were completely honest about it. They're like, "This is a this is not an adaptation. This is our version of Death Note. This is an Americanized Death Note. We are making our own version of Death Note." Cool. So I watched it as that, and yeah, I gotta say, if you look at it purely as that. It's not terrible. It really isn't. It's mm. it, it's pretty okay. Okay, cool. I didn't watch Death Note. Um, I'm really scared to watch the Bleach adaptation. Uh, that is just like a it, it is like I said, adaptation. Like it's actually not terrible. Cool. It, I mean, it's really hard to do live action anime, but that's that's what I'm what I'm catching here. Um, of them, it wasn't bad. You know, the thing too, like the Americanized Death Note was not cringy to watch because, like, when you when you see anime trying to imitate or real life trying to imitate uh, imitate <laughs> anime, that's a lot of same sounds there. Oh yeah. Um, real life trying to imitate anime, it looks really cringy. Yeah. Um, they filmed the uh, American Death Note super good. It was very very good. They filmed it in like a great way. I thought the music was good. The score was great. Oh, yeah. Um, the cinematography was really good. 
Um, yeah, no, it was good. I liked it. Cool. Willem Dafoe does a great job. <laughs> I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Funny joke they tell on Family Guy, but I think it's true. It's like, did you know Willem Dafoe has more bones in his face than most people have in their whole body? <laughs> really shit, yeah. Great actor, though. I have, So I have one more point, I think, before I'm pretty much... I'm, I'm ready to wrap up if you are. Ah, dude, I'm ready to wrap, yeah. Um, I, I have one more point I just want to say, because this kind of goes in the same category of, like, remakes, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, long-awaited sequels. If you... You know, I'm not as upset with this trend going along right now, where, like, it is a sequel, but it's, like, fucking obviously 30 years later, 40 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not mad about that, because you're not remaking something you are continuing the story yeah and sometimes it's not terrible sometimes it's like not good but sometimes it's not terrible um i watched the new ghostbusters movie a couple weeks ago the ghostbusters afterlife oh yeah how was that really good that's a complete continuation from the original you know ghostbusters which is fucking great um it's really really good it it feels good it's got it's very feelsy i felt some stuff when i was watching it um the comedy is good uh yeah it was great so, I mean, that is a good example of, like, you know, instead of doing a remake, just make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Put some effort into the sequel. Because the thing is, too, with, with sequels, you can change whatever you want sometimes. Totally. You can be like, well, you know, it's been 20 years, and maybe it looks like this now. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, long, like, it's talking about long-awaited sequels. Uh, I'm still waiting for Avatar 2. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been waiting for 12 years now. Yeah, I can't believe when that movie came out, it was like, James Cameron was a baller, and it was just like, it's going to be a trilogy, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Just as soon as it comes out, you like that? There'll be more, don't worry. Where is it, James Cameron? Where is it? <laughs> yeah, those actors are going to be, like, old by yeah. the time that movie comes out. Well, they said a couple of years ago the principal shooting was done. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's probably a lot of CGI, to be honest. Like, it's probably like making a high-production video game. Like, they probably have to do a lot of editing to that stuff. Well, I mean, I just went back and watched Avatar again, mm-hmm. like, not that long ago, like, a couple months ago. Does it hold up? Shit. I mean, it's Space Pocahontas, so... It, it is, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, God, it's so good. <laughs> I loved that movie. I saw that movie 11 times in theaters. Really? Yeah. I paid for a ticket 11 times. I don't know if I've ever loved a movie enough to go watch it multiple times. <sighs> I, I, owning a movie is different. I have movies I have watched multiple times, yeah. but, uh... I don't know if I've ever been like, this was so good, I have to go watch it in theaters again. Yeah, I had to drag extended members of my family and all of my friends to go see that movie. It was good. No, it was super good. Yeah. It's a gorgeous movie. It's it's great. I still have my uh, 3D glasses that I jacked from the theater. Oh, really? From the first time I saw that. Yeah, because I saw it in 3D and in standard. I saw it in standard one time, but every other time it was in 3D. It's so good. Thinking back on that now, man, that's probably like over $100 in movie tickets. Just to see that one film. It was so goddamn good. Yeah, back when movies were like $10. Yeah. Now it's like 20 25 a ticket. Do you know why? Why? Oh, fun fact. Matt's fun oh, facts. There you go. Matt's fun facts. Let's do it. Uh, so, movie theaters make no money on ticket sales. Yeah. All of their money comes from commission. Mm-hmm. So. Commission? Like the concession stands? Or? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Right, I should have said from concessions, Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know if you get... I've never worked on movie theater enough to like, give you a tip. Like, good job, you sold a ticket. I have. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. I was a projectionist, though. But, um, no, uh, all of the money comes from concessions. So that's why I get really pissed off when I see people sneaking shit in. It's like you're literally 
if enough of you do this enough times, the theater won't make any money and the theater will close. And that's what happened to one of my favorite cinemas is they had to close down because they weren't making any money anymore. And that really sucks, especially when you got like, you know, a favorite seat mm-hmm. <laughs> in a cinema and you can't ever go there again. I'm not bitter at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I think we'll just leave you with that. A fun fact. Uh, don't fucking take stuff in the movie theaters and they don't make any money. So there you go. Yeah. You learned something and you heard good opinions tonight. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn good opinions. Best opinions in the world. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for now. A uh, cool sign off phrase. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.